0: New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm, call, call,
1: I'm call, call straight out, out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. M- 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 NYC Yep. What's going on? This is Jay the Ellis from the Ellis Naked. Time Show here giving you that next Talk. Naked. Naked. Just in the. And the Knicks lose to the Golden State Warriors 101 to 111. We just didn't have it today, guys. We just didn't have it today. And it happens like that today sometimes. RJ Barrett, though, gives you 18 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. Julius Randle gives you 20.7 rebounds. Jericho Sims gives you a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 blocks. But the Knicks could not overcome the cutting and shooting of the Warriors in fall. 11 and 1. And we're going to talk about it all. All right. But before we talk about it, you already know what it is. I'm going to introduce my guys. First and foremost, you already know what it is. It's the man to lift the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts.
2: Ryan G's in the building. Nick's were just outplayed tonight by a better team. That's all I got to say.
1: And of course, you already know who this is. The Latin Assassin, Mr. ESPN. He's supposed to be toasting. Uh, You already know. He's my man. What's going on, Lee?
3: What's up, guys? I think there was a slow pause on the fire Tibbs train. It's back in full effect tonight. It's back in full effect (laughs) tonight.
1: back in full effect tonight according to lee what was talk about i don't even know if this is a, like a tips thing even though i still have my gripes with tips today because of how much he's playing rj barrett but um i don't even feel like this is a tips thing to me to, to me this was like uh the knicks just just fell flat they didn't have it when you have ob Toppin missing dunks Two in a row, you're like, all right, what what's happening? It was a ball of confusion. They just didn't seem energized. It kind of looks like this road trip is starting to wear on them a little bit. And you're hoping that wouldn't happen because we do have the Phoenix Suns up next on Sunday. So you're hoping we can actually catch a, a, struggling, a struggling Warriors team slipping. But that's just not what happened today. I don't know. What, what do you think, Ryan?
2: um yeah i agree i don't think this game is you can put it on tips per se i think it was just the warriors just outplay the knicks tonight like the ball movement was a one from the warriors especially in the first half um i felt like the knicks especially early in the game And I think this is what caused them to get down so quickly was they try to play with the Warriors. Like, they try to play the Warriors game. They try to play fast, knowing that's the Warriors style of play. And I would have preferred them to try to ease back a bit on the pace and try to slow the game down and give the Warriors less possessions. But that wasn't the case. And then I think it was just compounded by the fact that they just weren't hitting shots. And that caused the Warriors to get on, on the break. Passed the ball around. Knicks weren't able to rotate on defense a whole lot of times. Warriors got a bunch of open threes. They hit them. And that's pretty much it. Like, the Warriors just outplayed the Knicks tonight. And you can look, you can look down the list of Knicks players tonight. Like, you look down the list. It's hard to pick out a Knick that really played extremely well tonight. So, I think tonight was just the Warriors outplaying the Knicks pretty much.
3: I would say Julius Randall played really well tonight uh, of, of the three of us and probably the most critical mm-hmm. of him. I think that he had the best effort, the best focus, and he seemed to be able to overcome the tired legs of this recent road trip to put, the, put together a really good performance, I thought, on the boards and in the paint and overall had a pretty solid attitude of sharing the ball and trying to find open teammates for the most part tonight. Uh, him and Sims were the two bright spots of a game. I don't think there's ever a single entity that you can put the sole blame on on why a team loses. Usually, if if you lose, there's multiple reasons why. I think Tibbs is one of them because for someone who is supposedly in the lab so often uh, and so thoroughly, this he has not been able to adjust this team's defense to pick up on the perimeter and actually guard the three-point line. He continues to push the guys into the drop coverage and protect the paint when he's playing teams that are scorching from three, including Denver, including Utah, including Golden State. Teams that constantly beat their opponents on a the, on the three-point line, and he has not gotten the guys to either buy into the system or create a system that guys are able to buy into uh, based on their skill set and their abilities. So this is definitely a partial blame on Tibbs for doing the same thing and to the point to where, you know, you, you do it so much, it's a point of insanity. The, there needs to be some defensive schematics change to really move, shift the point of emphasis on defense to be the perimeter and not worry so much about having the rim protection down there because Draymond Green's not going to post you up and back you in and drop 30. I don't
1: know for for me. Well, for one, when it comes to pace, the Knicks – like listen, the Knicks' pace has increased. We're top 10 – we've been top 10 in pace – this season i think at one point we were even like top six i believe so like the Knicks' game right now is pace uh the, the the warriors just do it better i mean they're one of the originators of pace for me um i i would say it's not tibbs really because of the front usually it's like okay one unit has it more than the other he plays one one unit more than he's supposed to this, this this time both units pretty much stank, uh with the exception of maybe Sims probably the best player of the night for me and then uh Randall so I mean and then uh also you know what and then it's it it, it, it sucked that we also lost cam today man cam was the was making his his presence known as that guy where you Chip started to trust him to put him on the best offensive player put him on steph curry and curry struggled with cam's length and cam you know off ball cam didn't play defense well he he he, he lost um i think Jamichael green on a cut uh he left curry open for three um but He's been able to chase Curry around a bunch of screens. He challenged him correct. He challenged him a lot. Uh, he still did a lot of well. He still poke poked, was able to get into passing lanes. So it sucks to see Cam go down with a grind injury, especially because you already know people who was here at the Franklin Keena era. Grind injuries tend to linger. So I. It sucks. It really sucks. It sucks for me to see that happen, especially for me. I I personally, I still wanted to see a Cam Grimes lineup with extensive minutes because I, 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 I truly believe we could have went through that in certain stretches to really stifle some teams. But it seems like, man, we're just going to have a problem where we're just going to have wings who are always going to be freaking injured. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 it's frustrating right now, man. This is is one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose a player to a groin injury right now. That's that's the the thing that's most disheartening for me today.
2: Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, you know, yeah, Cam, we lost Cam to a groin injury, which you know, groin injuries are very tricky. You know, sometimes you might think a groin is healed, but then when you start playing again, you're like, nope, <laughs> that groin is still exactly. bothering. Yeah, and you, and you have to sit out a bit longer, but. Again, you know, this is opportunity now for Grimes to step up because you know Grimes is going to possibly be the player that's going to replace quickly in the starting lineup, and and maybe Fournier might get a, you know, get a second chance because unless Dibbs is going to cut his rotation down to eight, so you know, it's, it's just it's just an opportunity for other players to step up and take um advantage of their opportunities. But um, yeah, I do want to touch on one thing though, like. I know Thibs has been the target, you know, of a lot of Knicks fans based on the play of the team this season. But I think tonight, like, even if Knicks defense was top notch, the way the Warriors were playing tonight with with the ball movement and the fact that the Knicks were actually playing to the Warriors' strengths, they were actually playing at the Warriors' pace, I think even even if the Knicks played better defense tonight, I don't think they would have been able to stop the Warriors because the way the game was played, they were playing fast. And when you're playing fast and the way the Warriors move the ball, it's hard to keep your rotations tight. You know, like that's not a situation where you can keep your rotations tight. Like if the Knicks slowed the game down and, and probably forced the Warriors to play a bit of a slower game, then, yeah, when they're in the half court, yeah, you're able to keep your rotations tighter even if the Warriors move the ball around. But when you're playing fast like that, it's really hard to keep your rotations tight. So I, that's why tonight I'm not blaming this on Thibs. Because I feel like even if the Knicks were playing up to par, it would have been hard for them to keep up with the Warriors and their ball movement and the, and the pace that the Warriors are playing at.
1: Yeah, I feel like the second half in general, I feel like... 90 the Knicks, seconds. I feel like the Knicks did a pretty okay job um, playing defense. I like the, the insertion of Sims. I feel like Sims... Um, especially with the small ball lineups, he kind of gives you that, he kind of gives you the best of both worlds almost on a defensive Ooh. end at least, where he can punch people with the rebounds, he can switch on to one through fives, and he, he can really make, the, and he can just recover. He can he can cover for a lot of mistakes. I, I feel like the second half we did as best as we could. 2nd I'm sorry. He, we did as best as we could. Um, it, it, For us, for me, It was about making shots. We just did not make shots. You cannot beat an NBA team and and shoot. What did we shoot today? 26% from three, like nine for 34 from three is crazy. Missing the 10 first, 10 three-pointers in the beginning is crazy. Jalen Brunson going two for 13, that's not gonna happen most of the times. And it's not like Jalen Brunson, was going against guys who are lanky, who can't take advantage of. He was missing, he was missing shots he usually makes in his sleep. So when things like that happen, you're like, you know what? This is just, it's just not gonna happen. Somebody else has to step up, whether it be Randall, whether it be RJ, or or somebody. And today definitely wasn't RJ. Once again, Randall saw some glimpses, but we just not. He didn't have it, uh, and we. And we need just we need shooting, man. We we need shooting. We need shooting badly. Nobody can shoot the ball, and it's 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 painfully obvious that if we can't shoot the ball, we, we have a ceiling for this team. So we need to find a way to remedy that
3: yeah I'm gonna disagree with both you guys. Uh, I don't think defense is the only reason why we lost this game but I think it's definitely a primary one. Uh, the Golden State didn't have their usual pace, especially at home where they've had a really a much better record than they have on the road. we were only we were in single digits at the six minute mark. there was an opportunity for us to miss. Forrest to win this game. There, our lack of shooting was definitely a contributing factor while we lost but if we would have pounded into the paint, and gotten more touches for sims and randall draymond green couldn't stop sims to his offensive rebounding his ability to score in a point in the paint with his athleticism it was hard to stop i think if we would have shift gears a little bit more and stopped settling for three-point shots and also guard their threes there were so many times where brunson and uh rj helped out in the paint and left their clay thompson wide open on the three that's the reason we lost that single digit uh, deficit was because we allowed Toy Thompson, Curry to just be wide open, not even a hand to face. And those are the type of defensive lapses I'm talking about where it's a combination of teaching. And Dibs grilling those guys to making sure that those rotations are, are crisper than they were tonight. And also, the guys buying in. I think his voice is losing a little bit in the locker room, and guys aren't the same, bought in the same rate that they were two years ago. And even last year, to a degree, we didn't have a, as much athleticism and defensive paralysis as we did this year. So I definitely factor in defense, especially in the last five minutes, for one of the reasons why we lost this game.
2: Yeah, but it's hard to argue that when the Knicks played good defense the last two games, though.
3: Yeah, yeah they, they played the defense since two teams that were one that was missing their best player and didn't shoot very well from the field. And this team was completely healthy, had their entire team intact, and is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA, fresh off the championship. Well, it, I, if this was the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets, Yeah, I would give it to you. But it's the Golden State Warriors, and I think we were only single digits within five minutes. We had a shot to win this game, and they blew it on defense.
1: Well, I'll say this. Ted did, did not lose this team tibbs lost nick's twitter fan base that's who twibbs lost tibbs did <laughs> not lose the team rj's out here defending him and you don't see the performance that we saw defensively with julius Randle diving on the floor and jalen brunson saying i'm gonna dunk it if tibbs lost the team tibbs did absolutely did not lose the team you want to see what the losing teams look like go to that fizz the Knicks bucks game when fizz sales was coaching that's what a, a lost team looks like. So Tibbs absolutely did not lose the team. The team I
3: didn't say he lost a team, but I think he's lost the ear a little bit in buying into his defensive teams because they're seeing that his defensive teams aren't working. And I think that some guys are frustrated with their role and how much they're playing. And you can see that with, 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 how, how guys, when they start missing shots, they start lapsing a little bit on defense as well. We've seen that with Obi Tobin, Isaiah Hartenstein, Emmanuel Quickly, and even a little bit of Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. So it's definitely, there's an effect. I mean that's what losing is going to do to you, and even though their record isn't as bad as it could be, the, the record doesn't show how bad this team has been in certain stretches.
1: I would, yeah, I would say this. I I would say right now they're they're a five hundred team, and Jalen Brunson, he tries, but, but I feel like him and Julius Randle, they 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 still don't know. We have pieces now who aren't as good as pieces last year on the defense's end. Jalen Brunson is not a good, it seems like he's not that good of a team defender when I'm looking at Jalen Brunson. To me, it seems like Jalen Brunson gets confused on where to scramble on defense. And the same thing goes for Julius Randle. And Cam Reddish has remedied a lot of that. He's caused a lot of turnovers uh, with his length. But even Cam Reddit sometimes doesn't know where to rotate. But Cam just kind of makes up for it with his effort. So I I, I don't feel like you know it's, it's like they're down on him. I don't think I don't think that's it at all. I, I just don't feel like he that's it. They're like okay, well they lost the team defensively. This team is still kind of fighting on on that end in that regard. So it's we just need to get the shooting thing. We need to get the shooting thing well um better. I do believe that we still need to, even though I don't think it showed in this game in particularly. I do feel like in the grand scheme of things, we might have to revisit how we guard threes in general. Just like uh, but uh, Wulnoser who adjusted his three-point defense because of the Bucks um lost to in the finals to Robert Williams reigning threes and it was all open. I think we still need to adjust it in general. Um. Because we still have all these no names Getting career high from threes on us So maybe it is Adjusting the scheme sometimes Where we don't have four guys in the paint But uh, Or staying home on more shooters so Maybe that needs to happen I just don't think today was like the The reason I don't I don't feel like today was that day To, to blame the scheme on it That's that's all I have to say
2: Yeah uh, and just to add to what JL has said like I have, a, like, we've seen when teams give up on coaches, you know, I feel like if the Knicks really, if the Knicks really lost an ear to what Thibs have to say, I don't think the Knicks would have fought back so many times in this game. Like, there were times when the Knicks fought back, fought back, just that like the Warriors hit clutch shots that brought the league back up. You know, the Knicks kept fighting in this game despite the fact that they were down so early. I feel like if, the, if Thibs lost the team's ear, after the after the after how the Warriors came out early in this game, the Knicks would have just collapsed. But they did. But they didn't act. But they didn't collapse. They kept fighting. So I mean, yeah, you could blame it on Thib's schemes or his defense or whatever the case may be. But I don't think he lost the air of the players. I think the players are still fighting
3: for him. I don't think I didn't say that he lost a team, but I think they're not as bought in as they were in years past. I do think there's frustrations on this team. I think there's frustrations with guys' names coming up in trade rumors. I mean, just frustration on guys, minute restrictions on being subbed out when they're playing real well. I think those are definitely factors that are playing into the overall effort of this team individually and collectively.
1: I would say for me, my per- my only, it's interesting, this season, Nick's fans on Twitter at least wanted tips to do certain things. And we've gotten probably eight out of the ten things we wanted to see. We wanted to see Cam ready to start. You know, we wanted to see a mix of heart and scene. Now, granted, a lot of things happen because of injuries. So you take it with the grain of salt. But to me, the biggest issue for me right now is still the accountability factor. I my biggest issue for the last two games is where the hell is Grimes when RJ's Barrett is playing sick and clanking 19 threes in a row. And lagging on defensive end, especially in that Denver game. I do feel like we could have played Grimes. And I get that he's trying to shorten the rotation to nine people. But, like, you have to kind of read the situation. This is why you have depth. You have depth to take over when other people are down or not giving their best. And he doesn't, he hasn't utilized that. You know what I mean? Enough for me. So that, but it, it is what it is. Listen, we're still a 500 team. This is pretty much where I thought we was gonna be anyway. <laughs> so it, it just, it just is what it is. Um, I, I, I just need the shooting to turn around, and unfortunately, I'm not sure if that's gonna happen in foreseeable future. Um, but well, when actually, you know what? Maybe it will be because unfortunately, Cam Reddish is down, and now we have Grimes. Grimes, all uh, Grimes. He's always shot 38% from the field from college to his first year in the league. So I expect that to continue once he starts to to play some more games with the Knicks. And I'm pretty sure, I saw Jason Jason said it. I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing with the starting lineup. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen next game. Mm. All right, yo, salute. Salute to the chat. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, Shout out to Jason and shout out to Craig. Shout out to Leah, good videos in the chat. He's talking to everybody. All uh, right. Shout out to whoever Joshua Rivera. What's going on, Joshua? I haven't seen you in a minute. Shout out to my guy, Nucky Fresh, and the bigger lily Gregory Lee, and everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. All right. Um, but I also want to I want to touch on something else too—the R.J. Barrett thing. Because you know what, I've been shooting RJ Barrett a lot of bail because he's sick, and I also do blame Tips for have pushing him a little bit too hard, even though he wants to play. Sometimes it's the coach's job to say no. You know what I mean? With RJ Barrett going nineteen over oh, nineteen for three. With R.J. Barrett still making silly decisions on the drive, even though he had a little bit better game today, does any of this start to bother you guys um, about the like the long term future of this team with the way R.J. Barrett's playing? Because I'm, you know, it seems like a bug is going throughout this team, but and you start to wonder, you just start to wonder. You're, like, You're all right. cool. He's missing shots, cool. He's not playing well, cool. Um, it's because he's sick. But if he didn't traditionally have these slow starts, I would I would just, you know, say he, he's sick and that's it. But now, I don't know, man. I'm almost at that point where I'm getting very concerned. But I, but I don't know. What do you guys feel? Is it just me?
3: No, I agree 100%. I, I think the high expectations we place on him is where he was drafted in the lottery at third in 2019. That has a lot to do, for me, personally, I, the, the lens in which I view him. is I'm, it's, he's Unfortunately, he was drafted behind John Murray and Zion Williamson, two superstars. So my mind is always trying to to, to make sense of that draft placement. in number three, while watching guys that were drafted after him, play a lot better than he has up to this point. Uh, most notably Tyler Hero, who's a player who I absolutely hate to watch, but have to admit that he's been more consistent than than RJ thus far. Um, I think there's just a lot of limitations. There's limitations athletically. There's there's limitations in his ability. There's limitations in his speed. There's a lot of things that I – physical gifts that he doesn't have. While he does have a high IQ and he s- seems to have, you know, a very positive outlet to where he doesn't let one game affect the next, there's a lot of things that are going to keep him back from ever being consistent 23, 25 point per game score with really efficient splits. I think what we're seeing right now might be the ceiling of what he is. I think he can get a little bit better in his three point efficiency, but the field goal percentage, finishing around the rim, you know, the game a game effort on defense, it's been a struggle. And it, we're four four seasons in now, and he's been starting every season off the same way. I just, I, I think he's, me and Ryan were talking about this. I think he's more of a third option than the second option I prayed for him to be. And there's no way in hell he's ever going to be a first. So we just don't have to, as fans settle for him being a third option and try to build a team around him with that in mind.
2: Yeah. Um, look, RJ, he's definitely had a rough this season. You know, the shooting hasn't been there, he has been lackluster on defense. He's definitely struggled, and it is a concern, especially with him getting a new extension. Finishing at the rim has always been a problem for him. Like, you know, like I said the other day on the podcast, since he's been in the NBA, finishing at the rim has not been a strong point for him. And if you ever want a player to be efficient, he has to be able to knock in those easy shots. And if he can't even finish at the rim on a consistent basis, I don't know if he'll ever be that efficient player that we want him to be. You know, RJ is still a very good player. You know, he has, a, he, has he still has a pretty good skill set, you know, and he can still be a contributor to a very good team. You know, I'm not really – I, I am mean, know I'm not really trying to down RJ Brad or nothing like that. You know, I still think that he'll come around this season to, and he'll play better towards, you know, once he gets, a, you know, some games in because that's been his norm, it seems like. You know, once, you know, it hits like the middle of the season or so or going towards the middle of the season, that's when he starts to pick it up. But – for the future, I think it's pretty clear that you know, us banking on RJ being a first option, that can't that can't be it. And like I've always said in the past, like there's not really anybody on the Knicks that you can look at and be like, Oh, he's a must keep. You know, like pretty much everybody is open to get moved because the Knicks don't really have that one special player where it's like, Okay, you know, this guy's special. Let's keep him. So totally agree. It, it it is a concern for me about RJ, but at the same time, you know, I'm not giving up on him because it's, it's his fourth season. He's still a young player and he still has room to improve, but it is concerning, you know, what I am seeing so far from him, you know, since the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah. When I'm looking at Julius Randle going, huh, I'm starting to get more comfortable with Julius Randle having the ball in his hand and RJ Barrett. I'm just like, whoa, okay. What's happening right now? You know what I mean? But that's, what, that's the way, that's what's starting to happen. <laughs> that's what started to happen. And it's, it's depending on the situation, you know what I mean? But um, I'm still hitting the pause button on that. I want to see how he acts when he's a little bit more healthy. But um, I, man, this is, is, is looking rough. It's looking rough. Oof. Looking really rough. Ah, all right. Um, let's get to some news, though. Let's get to some news. This game was a watch. Uh, it is what it is. We played the Warriors team, we're, we're lethargic. We were on the road. It feels like we're ready to go home. Um, so w- let's get to some news. Um, listen, all right, here we go. So news from Ian Begley, news from Shams, but I'm gonna read something from Ian Begley. Uh, Ian Begley is reported that some teams have had cursory trade conversations with members of the Knicks organizations involving Derek Rose, all right, cursory, cursory trade conversations, cursory. I had to look this up because I was like these SAT words. All right, salute to you go in with the SAT words. Hold on, Ryan G. Ryan G. is the educated one on, in the building. Cursory means it was kind of like fly by night. Am I right, Ryan? Because you you the one that the education here, right? <laughs> kind of fly by night, didn't really I mean, get into EG detail. It's kind of just like, it's not, touch I mean, I,
2: yeah, it's not serious talks. It's just kind of like, you know, touching base pretty much like, yeah, preliminary talks. I guess you can say that.
1: <laughs> preliminary, preliminary. But thank you, Ian Begley, for causing me to use uh, the Google dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, But also, some teams, uh, Begley's also reported that uh, the Knicks have gotten calls on Emmanuel quickly last week. But um, it's funny because the Shams angle was interesting because the Shams angle is that the Knicks are open, have been open to talks because they're looking to lessen the glut at guard which is interesting so when you when you hear that lessen the glut at guard you're like okay what guards aren't playing you know what i mean so who's on the bench we got quentin grimes who's the suspect number one and probably the most likely that he's talking about because of all the trade rumors he's talking about, he's untouchable, which I still think is kind of fugazi. But I do feel like the, the, the Knicks do hold him in high regard. And then we have Evan Fournier, which I can't imagine that being happening because the Knicks have been trying to trade him all last season, off season, and Miles McBride. So to me, and everybody else is probably looking, okay, they're trying to move these guys to give Grimes more playing time. Um, but how, how do you feel about the Knicks even uh, even accepting calls on IQ or Derek Rose to get Grimes playing time?
2: Um, I think going into the season, when you look at the roster and you. Like, they, Knicks have basically have three-point guards. You know, you have Derrick Rose, Brunson, IQ. I think going into the season, like, we were hoping that Thibs would try to incorporate all three into the lineup, but I think realistically speaking, like, you know eventually somebody's going to have to go because to have three-point guards and try to split time between those three-point guards, it's going to be pretty rough. And... Now Thibs has shown his rotation now to nine players, which makes it even worse now because now you have a young guy in Grimes sitting on a bench that has potential and Tibbs is not playing him, but you have these three point guards that you're trying to play. And I think, the, I think the way the Knicks are thinking about it, like I think the Knicks are still trying to think long-term. I think the Knicks know that, okay, we're not going to be able to keep all these players, so we have to start letting some guys go and see if we can get some draft capital in return, so that we can so we can you know get more picks in and then increase our chances to land that big name player in the future. And I think that's how the Knicks are thinking about it. But now you have to look at it now because okay, I think ideally, most Knicks fans would want Bronson starting, IQ backup, and if they have to and if they have to move a guard probably would move roles. I think that's how most Knicks fans would be comfortable. But I also get why the Knicks are accepting calls for Emmanuel quickly because you have to think about it in this way. If Emmanuel quickly is gone, does that really hurt the Knicks' chances of landing a big-name player? Not really, because the Knicks have enough young players on their squad to where they can still make a move for a big player in the future. So if you can trade one of your young guys and get a good first-round pick and return, that strengthen that strengthens your draft capital. You open up that spot so that you can have one of your other young guys play and get playing time on the thibs. So it's like it's one of those situations where it's like you have to try to think of the long game. You know what I mean? So that I try to take my I try to take my emotions out of it because I do like quickly as a player. I do like quickly, but I'm trying to think long term about it. I'm like. If they were to move quickly for a good first round pick, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing in my eyes, because at the end of the day, the Knicks are not gonna be able to keep all their young players. Somebody has to eventually go. That's that's a fact. And if and I think if the pick they get for IQ, if that would, if that trade was to happen and they use that same pick stacked on some picks that they already have to bring in a big name player, I think that would lessen the blow of Knicks fans missing IQ if he's gone. So I can I, I think that's where the Knicks are coming from in trying to, you know, move
3: either Rose or IQ. I think that's how they're thinking about it. I agree with with just about everything you said, Ryan. I, I think we as Knicks fans can overrate our players and our roster to a certain degree, uh, maybe even more of another fan basis. I'm totally on board with trading Rose or IQ for the right price. Um Jay Ellis and I was earlier. I'm not interested flipping IQ for a lottery-protected first-round pick. I'm not interested in in trading IQ for a player, uh, a comparable player of his contract age or skill set. I'm very interested in trading IQ in a bigger package for a player that we can actually be our number one option, can elevate the play of the rest of the team, and get us past this hump of being a middling, purgatory-based team, which we are and will be for the foreseeable future until Leon Rose makes a big move. And a lot of that's based upon our the indecision of the front office to make a full commitment to either being a rebuilding team or a team on the way toward contention. We don't have the pieces of contend, so in my opinion, we should be tearing this down, getting rid of these guys that are keeping us in this 500 space and just really tanking for a solid talent until we get to a place that we actually have the cap room, the assets, and the number one option to move forward and really challenge uh, the rest of the NBA. But Rose, I would get rid of for a late first rounder just a free up minutes from my bride. But IQ, I'm definitely willing to trade like every play on this roster at the right price.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm with Lee on that one. Like I wouldn't trade IQ straight up for a pick unless, because I do feel like, listen, we have a lot of first round picks. I know we have the three, the OKC picks. We have our own first round picks. And then we have players. Usually I feel like when it comes to stars, it's a combination. They want a combination of picks and players. And, and I, I and I see Jason saying, "Well, Utah didn't want IQ. Utah is Danny. Danny Ainge was trying to fleece us. So, like, I don't think Danny Ainge is like a good gauge of what's acceptable and what's not on the trade, especially when he when everybody can say that you know if he was looking for draft capital, he accepted less draft capital from the Cavs, which was which was a downgrade in my opinion, but." Agreed. So it's like, I don't think that's a good gauge of IQ's value. If IQ, and here's the thing, here's what Ian said. We didn't call teams about IQ. Teams are calling us. That's that's different. We're not shopping IQ. Teams are calling us and they're going, you know what? Let me see what they're saying. That's different. That lets you know that there is value if teams are, are, are poking their head around to see what the cost is going, going to be. So like for me, and I, I we talked about this behind the scenes and Ian Begley said this. Ian Begley said the Knicks are looking for something like around a mid first rounder. But he also, I also was peeking around and he also said that is not clear on whether it's just a mid first rounder or a mid first rounder plus. Now, if it's a mid first rounder plus something else, then all right, cool, I can see that. But for me, only reason, only, only way I'm doing IQ for a mid first rounder straight up, if, if the team goes, hey, to get this big name player, we don't want IQ, we want a first round pick, yeah. then we call up a team, get the pick, get a 3-2 three, trade three, three going and things go live. Now, now for me, Here's why I, to, I already know that IQ has been a solid defender for us. He has not shot well for us. That's the That's been the biggest issue. But I guess the thing that I worry about is running the bench offense. Like the bench offense. Who do we have running the bench offense once IQ is, is off the floor? We have Derek Gross who's been getting six minutes a game. He's looked a lot better today. Um, but he's on his way out It same, seemingly we have Quentin Grimes, who they experimented with playing point guard position early in summer league, but to me, he still, he, he's gotten better passing in summer league, but I still feel like the passing that we need from a guy in that second unit isn't there with him. So then you're looking at Miles McBride and I love Miles McBride. I love what he does with the G league. Um, I think he he's a solid passer, but I do feel like it's, it's gonna be a struggle for him to kind of create mismatches, mismatches, um, being a league guard blowing by anybody. I don't think I've seen Miles McBride blow by anybody in two seasons. So I do have my concerns w- with IQ leaving, which is why I don't want to trade him for a first rounder straight up. I want to see uh, if, if there's a draft person in mind, where it's like a draft night trade or something, because we're gonna draft, we're gonna draft this guy, he's gonna be IQ's replacement or whatever. I can see that. If he's gonna be a bigger package, I can see that. But just trade deadline, one uh, uh, a first rounder and move on. I, I'm not with that. That doesn't make sense to me. All right. I don't know if anybody else has anything anything to add to that, or we can we can move on, or we want to take calls and have callers kind of uh, chime in into this IQ conversation. And if you do, if you want to chime in, you already know what the number is. Number is flashing at the bottom of the screen: three one nine. Was it five two seven six two four one? If you want to call in and and talk, all right. Any guys, anything to say about what I just said?
3: No, I agree with you. That's your jealous. I'm on board with what you said. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have nothing else to say. I pretty much
2: stated my opinion and I'm cool with your opinion. So um yeah, I'm straight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> got you, got you, got you. All right, all right, all right. So everybody's we're on like everybody look, we're all on board with everybody's movable from the right price. Nobody's untouchable. Um, but the right price is is the right price is key. All right, I know I already knew Jason was gonna call in because we was kind of talking on Twitter. Jason, let us know what you want to talk about, sir.
0: Okay, it took a while to say unmuted. I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say first off about the night team. I think they were kind of tired. Like I know they they had a back to back and. They have some tough back to back and I don't know, they just look they look strange out there and supposedly they're all sick too, so I wouldn't take too too much out of this game. Like I it sucks and it sucks the way RJ played, but I'm not gonna like go crazy and say like, Oh, this 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 means the team, team is terrible. I think they they they're, they're kinda of tough. That's what it looked like to me at least, especially in the beginning.
1: Yeah. It looks like RJ is more tired the last game, to be honest with you. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. see. Yeah,
0: about RJ, what's scary is that I, I thought about, like, everything you could say about Randall last year, you kind of could say about RJ this year.
1: Listen, very scary. Very scary. Very scary. <laughs> <laughs> very scary well, that I'm like, yo, RJ, why aren't you closing out on the – why are you standing there? But, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm struggling thinking, you know, he's sick, so he's not doing that. But then he was doing – he was showing glimpses of that earlier this year too, so before when he wasn't sick. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, continue, Jason.
0: Yeah, on to the IQ stuff. I just want I just I just what I wanna say is big fans and you guys included, at least you and Lee, like you guys overvalued. Right? Like nobody's giving up a, a lottery pick for Emmanuel Quickly. Nobody like, said he, wait, he, nobody
1: said he was, he was giving up a lottery pick for Emmanuel Quickly. Nobody said that.
0: You know, we are like we project what like the top outcome, and we think right away like, oh, he's gonna be this, and he's gonna be great. And it's like, like what? Like a man quickly like if he's hitting his full ceiling. Like I don't, I don't like even ready in year three, and he's showing, like this year has not been good for him. I know defensively he's been good, but offensively he's been a train Like he's been a train wreck. And if you're gonna tell me we have to keep him because he plays good defense, so does Grimes, so does Nick Ryan. Like, though that's not a good enough reason to to be like, he's untradeable because he plays good defense. So all I'm saying is, I get where the front office is coming from because I think they want to move the manual quickly so that way they can put lines into the rotation and I think they're going to keep it a nine-man rotation. And the last thing I'll say is this. We are a middling team. We're stuck in no man's land, as people say, right? When you're in a team in no man's land, you cannot get attached to players that are at best going to be role players. So all I'm saying is, I get why the Knicks are out there. And if they get an offer for a first that's mid first, I think they'll take it in a second. And I don't think they're going to get that offer. I think it'll be a late first. It's the best they'll get offered.
1: uh oh, here, Here's what I'll say. I, and, and you'll see other people talking on Twitter about the defense. I'm not talking about it. I'm, I'm saying defense is a skill that Emmanuel quickly has. But I'm, what I'm also saying is this as a, as much as a train wreck has Emmanuel quickly has been on offense. It's it's mostly been about the shooting, right? We had the first few games where he wasn't really passing correctly. He was passing, was he shooting? Shooting was passing. And these last eight to 10 games or so, he's been playing better as a guy who can facilitate the offense, but he can't hit the broad side of a barn. What I'm saying is if we just trade Emmanuel Cooley for a pick right now, when Jalen Brunson goes off the floor, who's really running the offense? Is what I'm saying. Derrick Rose.
0: Derrick Rose that's for how long? Derrick. Darryl- I don't like a man not, and if he's running, the offense it's not working. Like look, I look, I'm gonna sound like a hater, and I like a man quickly, but Nick fans have to stop his He can't be, he can't be his man one on one. He got two of Sam houses to his and he couldn't even get past, he couldn't do anything. Like he's not—he hasn't been good. He hasn't made the improvements that we all wanted him to make.
1: He hasn't, like he, hasn't he hasn't been shooting good. He hasn't no, been shooting good.
0: He hasn't been shooting good. He hesitating. when the ball gets to the center. He doesn't even take the open three. Like that's like that's bad.
1: I know that's bad, but to say, nah, he, I'm sorry. When he, when when a guy is constantly the top of the plus-minus food chain on the Knicks, even though he's shooting bad, I can't say he's been a complete train wreck. I, ju- I just can't. And I understand that you want Derrick Rose to run to run the thing, but, like, how often is Derrick Rose injured per year?
0: I mean, I don't think that Quickly has run the offense good at all. That's just the way it is. I think Quickly plays best when he's on the court with Derrick Rose or Ben and Brunson. And if he was playing by himself, the offense would be really bad. And I think right. that if, if, if that's the case, that when Rose gets hurt, I would I'll put Mike but because you know what? I don't think quickly I don't think quickly really playmaking. Like a lot of people say saying he's playmaking, but I, I mean I like saw today he missed a whole bunch of passes. You see Obi playing for the team, he misses Obi so many times. Like yeah, Obi missed two open, so many, two open
1: late two open lobs that Obi. he got him. It was wide open. He he missed Obi went reverse dunk. And he missed the dunk. He can't put that on quickly. Obi was missing everything today. And if you're looking at the, the statistics on the, on the creators, he's 95% on assist percentage. Like he actually gets people open shots when he's on. So like I understand that he has his flaws and he's not the perfect point guard that everybody wants. But like this is like a this is like a like a, a middle ground here. People are saying like he's a trash point guard or or he, he he just can't, See, or he just a he's spot up a shooter. But I I know he's not perfect. But it's like, who do we have after Derrick Rose who's going to be out the league in a few years? But
0: Jay Ellis to me he's not a point guard.
1: Period. He's a, he's a combo a driven, guard. He's a guard. He's a combo guard.
0: Yeah, he plays best off ball. He plays best off ball to me. Like I like this was the year. This was the year to really prove it, and he hasn't proven it. And maybe. I mean look, if he turns
1: everything around then maybe it changes, but 15 games into the season, you know. Yeah, I, listen, I said before I said it again. I I feel like he's done better. Um he hasn't shot well. That's that's my my view is he has not shot well. He's had struggles running the offense earlier in the year and I feel like the last few games he's gotten ready to run in the offense, but he just hasn't shot well. He shot twenty percent from the field. That's that's how I feel. Well,
0: I think, I think if Grimes if Grimes would put, we have a rotation, and you put Grimes in the spot, we wouldn't miss a beat. To be honest, I really do.
1: <laughs> you you watch Grimes some summer league and thinks he can run. Grimes can be a point guard.
0: I never. You they're both not point guard. I don't. I never you said you said he a wouldn't miss a beat. This team would not miss a beat because quickly playing with better throws and Jalen Brunson, he's not playing a point guard. I mean, don't get where you keep getting that he's playing the point guard.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, but if you I, I love I love Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes is a better shooter. He's probably the best shooter on the team, or second best shooter on the team. When it comes to playmaking, it's his ceiling to me isn't that high. Like he he can drive and kick. He doesn't have the live passes that Quickly has. He doesn't have the live left hand passes that Quickly has. He doesn't have the full court. Loud passes, quickly. Lab. He like quickly is the best go ahead pass outside of Derek Rose on the team. So, so I get it. I get that you think you won't you won't miss a beat, but I'm telling you, if Derrick Rose is not going to be here for a, in a year, unless we move quickly and get like and we have like somebody in mind once we move him, it's going to be an issue coming off the bench. No,
0: well, I agree with you. And, and next time off season, we're going to need to get someone to replace Derrick Rose. Someone who's younger, but it's but that guy's not Emmanuel quickly in my mind because I just don't see him. I don't think he can run an offense at all. Like, there, there's so many things he doesn't do that he needs to do to run an offense. as, like the lead part. You know, he's just he's not athletic, but like, he can't beat this guy off the dribble. He's not quick enough. Like, you know, we say RJ has athletic limitations, so does Emmanuel quickly.
1: I bet how many times I you know what I, 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 I'm gonna end because we're going in circles right now. So, salute to you. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going in circles. <laughs> Cause I know I used to be, see people say, "Oh, he can't get to the hole," and then he's getting to the hole and getting fouled all game. So I don't know. I just don't. I just don't. I just don't, I, just don't I just don't agree. I just don't agree.
0: He wasn't getting to the hole on his own. It was I know he ball. always he, he gets to the, to the hole. He
1: gets to the hole on switches on big on bigger on bigger centers and centers and forward. Oh, That's usually good. what he does. He
0: like he doesn't beat the—he's not good at beating centers. On you would think he should be able to, but very often he can.
1: He has. We talk. No, he has, Jason. You look at the numbers and it, it, just watch the game. I watched the, doing, watched the games. We watched. I watched half the games last season into this season. What he, what he, what he got back into the games from versus Miami by doing that, causing mismatches and driving on the bigger players. He's done that multiple times. He hasn't done it this season as as much because they they've been pushing, moving the ball more, which I understand that. But he's done that before, dog. Right, we gonna. I'm
0: gonna end this we can go back. We could be talking talk for hours
1: about this. <laughs> no point. All right. Thanks for taking my call. All right, man. <laughs>
2: That was a very entertaining call. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll say this. I do agree with a lot of what Jason says because even, even in the, it's kind of, it's funny because even in the text that we had earlier today, like I was saying the same thing, like, you know, Knicks fans overrate the players sometimes. And I'm like, you know, do I like quickly as a player? Yeah, I do like quickly as a player. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, if I could get a mid first for quick, I probably would, I probably would pull the trigger on that trade because yeah, we've seen glimpses of quick doing, like we've seen glimpses of quick playmaking. We've seen cl- glimpses of quick running an offense, but it's not on a consistent basis. And I'm like, if a player's not on a, if, if a player's not consistent in doing that, but yet. You, get, you can get a very good first-round pick for him. I don't see why you wouldn't pull the trigger on that trade, and in my opinion, especially if you're thinking long-term of, okay, you already know you can't keep every young player that's on the squad, so you have to start picking, okay, which young players am I going to keep? Which young players I'm going to re-sign? Which young players I'm going to let go? And then for the young players I'm going to let go, what can I get in return? And to me, I like quick, but it's like, Quick is not consistent enough for me to be like, you know, damn, like, you know, are we gonna be good if he's gone? You know what I mean? Like, he, to me, he's not really that type of player. So it's like, in my opinion, if the Knicks can get a first-round pick for him and it's a good and it's a damn good first-round pick, if I'm a GM, I'm pulling the trigger on that. And that's just how that's just how I think about it. So I did agree with a lot of what Jason said.
1: So what's what's your What's your point of view for the backup point guard position once quick is gone? You going full on Derrick Rose?
2: Derrick Rose would be my backup. Simple as that. Like, I know you eventually going to have to find a point guard in the future through probably free agency or through the draft that can take up that role because Derrick Rose don't have a lot of years left in him. But, yeah, to me, Derrick Rose can still play backup minutes. I think Thibs is playing him less than what he can actually play due to the fact that he has to distribute minutes between him quick and Brunson. So yeah, I think Derek and Derek Rose has shown that he can run an offense. Like, it's not like, that's why I don't, that's why I agree with Jason when he says he doesn't think the Knicks will skip a beat. Cause it's like, if you have Derek Rose running the offense, the Knicks are not going to skip, the Knicks are not going to skip a beat there. Then you put in Grimes and his defense and shooting, you know, like I don't think the Knicks are going to miss quickly that It's not going
1: to be a major miss. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel feel like I need to... At some point... Well, Jalen Brunson does help the point guard position, but I look at Derrick Rose and I go, okay, this guy's been injured every year for the last how many years? So how long are we going to count on Derrick Rose to kind of bail us out from year to year? Which is why I'm I'm saying at some point I wanted to pass on the torch and especially like even like moving quickly. Now when his shooting percentage is like the lowest has been since it's been in the NBA, it just seems like a weird time to to move him.
3: I want to push back on a few things. I, I don't think I kind of felt like Jason was arguing with himself because that, it doesn't seem like anyone on this panel overrates any player on the team. And all of us are open to everyone being traded for the right return. I think the three of us are in agreement that no one is untouchable on this roster. All right uh, From Obi to RJ to Rando to Mitch, I think for the right deal, I would pull the trigger on any of them. But to me, what's the point of trading Emmanuel Quickly for a, a mid-first-round pick that's going to end up being a player on Emmanuel Quickly's level? Like What direction of a team does that say that we're giving up on a, a 23-year-old guy and then committing to Derek Rose at 34 to be our backup point guard? Like, that's falling further and further into purgatory that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense to me that's not picking a direction right. and committing to it it's staying right in the middle and absorbing mediocrity which is where we need to be if run away from and unfortunately we're running toward that train a player that does have a ceiling all by it might be small and he is shooting terrible from the field he's actually all-time high field goal percentage from 2 at 46% this year for his career so there are some room for improvement i don't understand getting rid of a, of a young player one of your few that are actually have a ceiling just to get a first round pick and maybe get another player but start at the same level. That doesn't make sense.
1: And I think Lee explained it perfectly. Like we get a mid first round pick to get to like, like it ha- that pick has to be used to move somebody, to get somebody else. Which is why I say, I don't want to just get the first round pick just to draft somebody because then it's just like, I feel like right. we're just starting over for nothing. You know what I mean? That's why I, that's why I keep that stance. I don't want to just get a first round pick. I want to if it's like, yo, I'm trading him and this pick is for a bigger package to get like a a bigger piece here, cool. I'm cool with that. But just to get a first round pick and it's just like we don't have a plan, it's just sitting here. That to me doesn't I don't know, it doesn't seem it, 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 it doesn't seem logical to me because that first round pick can just be on that level of IQ or less.
3: Yeah. Especially this early, like the, the draft is like eight months away. There, there's no young player that you're not going to make a commitment to, or even know where guys are going to be falling. It's so much is going to change once the NCAA tournament commences, Like right? You have no idea where guys are going to fall in the draft. You can't start pinpointing placement of where people are going to be this early in the game when the NCAA season just started. And uh, there's a team out there who like, hey, Charlotte's telling you, you know, we don't want Emmanuel quickly in a draft package like you said, JLS. We want five first-round picks, you know, three nits. We want, we want the Detroit one, and we want one from, you know, whoever it might be that's trying to give you a pick for quickly. Then, yeah, pull the trigger, package it, get a, a decent right. player. But train and, it for hoping and having your fingers crossed at nine months from now, that guy that you want is going to be available at 17.
1: Right. Terrible. and. And that's why I even gave the example. Yo, draft night comes. Oh, there's a guy. That's the guy we want. You know? Hey, I already know that we're gonna get this guy where we're drafting. I'll move quickly because I want him to be in your placement. Cool. Cause that's the vision. That like you you're in on that guy. But I the blindly, no. Like to me, it just seems like collecting Pokemon. Just in case we need to like <laughs> trade for a bigger, I don't know. Like, is it, I don't know. It just seems like really hopeful, like blind hope for me, anyway. Mm. I, I don't
2: know because I don't think y'all hear what I'm where I'm coming from with this because it's like you have to build assets regardless if you want a big player. If you can get a good first round pick for quickly, that adds another first round pick to the arsenal. I'm not saying you use that first round player to draft another guy. 15th 16th or 17th to get another player that's a caliber quickly to come to the team you're thinking long term you get another first round pick and it's a good first round pick that's another first round pick to your arsenal so that when that big player becomes available you have another draft pick and then you still have young players here that you can actually trade to get that big player here so if they decide to move quickly i don't see that as a lateral move. Like. The where the Knicks are right now, they're not going nowhere. You have to do something. We have to yeah, just, just, You have to do something to change the um the direction of the team. And uh and like like I said, there's nobody on this team that's really a game changer at the moment. Everybody is just a good player. It's, it's either they're solid players or they're good players. Knicks have enough of that as it is. So if you can bring in another asset, it's a damn good first-round pick. If you get lucky with quickly, you get a fr- good good first-round pick for quickly and add that to the asset that the Knicks already have. That gives you another asset in the arsenal so that when that big plan becomes available, now you have even more to work with and you can bring that big player here and things will be good. I bet you if that happens, people are going to forget that they move quickly for a first-round
3: pick. They're That's so-
2: what I'm trying to say.
3: There's so many unknowns with that first round pick, though. Where is that pick coming from? What's a team? How much better does a team get with quickly? How much? How much better is that team in the Knicks? Like, what year is that pick? What's a player that you're trying to target? There's so many unknowns with that. That makes it Detroit, Washington, and um, what's the other one? Milwaukee pits. That's why they, they didn't have the same value this off as right. Danny Angel for the Knicks one. He wanted Knicks pits. as he knew exactly. those picks as we stopped. You don't know about the other teams and how further on they are.
1: I feel like the only team with, like, valuable picks right now might be the the Lakers. Because I feel like everybody else who has picks, they're either low first or, like, heavily protected. Like, it looks like, to me, Lakers are the only other team besides the Knicks who actually have, like, value picks for real.
2: Yeah, and that's why I—that's why I'm not saying just move for any first-round pick. I said if it's a damn good
1: first-round pick, yes, you move them. Like, who's the middle of the pack right now? Who's who's who's? I mean, it's, it's funny—you can't even tell who's the middle of the pack right now because everything is so bunched up together. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's True. like any, anything, anybody can break at any time. I'm
0: not, I'm not, I'm the whole piece
1: is pretty much team. 500. I'm
2: just, at saying, point. I'm just saying that if a team comes in. For quickly, and it's a damn good first round pick. I don't, I, all I'm saying is, I don't see why you don't take that. I don't, I don't see why you don't take that trade. That's that's a like. not, it's a damn good first round pick. Like, okay, it's this team's first round pick or that team's first round pick. I'm like, if a team comes in and you know for a fact that's a damn good first round pick, you'd make that trade. Is Phoenix
1: that's a damn good first round it.
2: pick? you don't trade quickly for any first round pick. i if I'm, it's a damn good one, hell yeah, you make that trade.
3: But what is a damn good one?
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's why.
3: What team? What year? There's too many unknown qual- quantifiers. It's hard to say that.
2: I don't know, man. All I'm saying is something different has to be done. I agree you there. Hold, you cannot hold on to players who are solid, good, and expect Knicks are going to go
3: anywhere. Instead, I, I, I
0: agree.
3: It has to be something that has agree.
0: to be done. We We agree. We
3: agree. We agree. <laughs> we all agree with that. We all agree with that.
1: I, and and the only reason I mentioned Phoenix is the kind of segue into the into the Jay Crowder thing. <laughs> That's the only reason. That's the only reason. because I we going back and forth. Or, or, listen, salute to the chat, man. I'm I'm definitely going to clip this up and have this on as a standalone. Uh, to let to see what you guys think about this quickly conversation. Whether you trade. Quickly, whether you're only open to trading the roles, what do you expect back for quickly? Is a mid first good for you? Do you want them in the package? You gotta let us know in the chat. Uh, and, and we'll clip this up later. You can let us know on this this chat when it, when the video's over or later on. But have you guys heard about this? Um, this Jay Crowder, the Jay Crowder rumors? Yeah, it's funny because you, you've been hearing that they want to move. The Phoenix Suns are looking to move Jay Crowder. Uh, I've heard John Collins' name in trade rumors once again. <laughs> that, that that could possibly be a trade, but I also have heard that the Knicks have interest in Jay Crowder. And this is one of those... Huh? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Why does it surprise you, Ryan? Because... it. I mean, you know what? When I look at that when I'm looking at how many injured wings we have right now, then I'm, now I'm like, well, shoot, maybe we do need a damn <laughs> Between Grimes' foot and Cam freaking groin, shoot, we actually might need him. But
2: I'll I'll say this, like I can I can see why the Knicks will go after Crowder because Crowder's gonna be a free agent next year. So if anything, I think Knicks would go after Crowder to move salary off their books. Yeah. So I think that's why the Knicks are interested in Crowder because he's a good player. He on the wing. that way He would definitely give the Knicks some wing help, plays defense, to the three. But at the same time, he's going to be off the books after the season as well. So I think that's why the Knicks are looking at Crowder because they can possibly
3: move salary off their books. Yeah. It made sense in that regard. I think Tibbs would salivate the possibility of having Jay Crowder on a team because it on, on paper it gives you a better chance of making the play in. And I think it might be at the risk of Cam Reddish going back to the bench and him starting Crowder at the three. It just it feels like the type of player that Tibbs would love to start in the starting lineup. And that worries me a little bit for Cam's development because I love him starting.
1: My thing is you're gonna trade for you're gonna trade somebody for Crowder and then re-sign him? Like is that the is that the plan? I don't think the Knicks
2: would be signed Crowder. Like, I I see it as, like, salary dump. Like, I think the Knicks are trying to move salary. That's why they would go after Crowder knowing that Crowder would be off the books after next season. At least that's the way I view it. Why they would be interested in a player like Crowder.
1: Right, because the only thing I can maybe sort of kind of see where it's, like, expiring for expiring, you know, like, we moved Derrick Rose... They get somebody who can kind of create backup CP a little bit. We get Crowder,
2: yeah.
1: Um, then it, it doesn't really move the needle really, but it opens up minutes for Grimes and Cam because Derek Rose is out the way. Maybe I could see something like that. Um, I know some people are saying Evan Fournier. Um. Because, you know, Evan Fournier has two years, Crowder has one year. And then you know, I shout out to Jason. We were talking about that earlier. And Jason was kind of like, well, you know, we might need Evan Fournier for salary to move for, like, a bigger trade. Because the Knicks are kind of at salary cap right now. Right. So it might be worth it to keep Evan Fournier to include with a package just to match salaries. Because, you know... These big name free agents usually get paid a lot, so it might be worth it to have 19 million to add with a, tr- a young player who's only like two million worth, two million. You know what I'm saying, so I don't know. They, they have capologists over here on on Knicks Nation who think of that type of stuff, but th- that's why when he said that, as I was like, well Dan to me, the only thing that does kind of maybe make sense might be Derek Rose for Crowder. I don't know. Well, yeah. the Suns
2: could definitely use Derrick Rose. I mean, I could. That, that that might be a possibility.
1: Most teams could probably. And for me, if you are going to move Derrick Rose, I would like him to go somewhere where he can actually, like, have a chance. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to move Derrick Rose to purgatory nowhere. Like, I yeah. like, I I that would just <laughs> suck. Yeah. <laughs> Like, unless you move him to a chip team or, you know, other, other, other scenario, we move Derek Rose to somebody, we take on, like, a young player with a little bit longer salary who feels a need or something. I don't know. That's the only thing maybe I could think of. But I don't know. The J-Crowd to me, that J-Crowd thing outside of that doesn't make sense to me. But we'll, we'll yeah, see sure. what happens. Um. We'll see that John Collins things actually goes down.
3: That's in the same tiers that quickly for a mid first round pick. Like right? that's not moving the needle us in any direction, whether we didn't better or better in the play in or better in the lottery. Like right? that to me
0: that's the type of trade that we